0: Now, this week was a pretty week. Amen. Thank God for the pretty weather. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he deserves some praise. We praised him when it rained. Why in the world can't we praise him when the sun's shining? We ought to be. Sometimes we forget to praise when the sun comes out, don't we? Life's going good. Everything's good. We forget about God. When we get in that place of need, then we start hollering for him. But, you know, this week I got out and put some seeds on the ground. I went and I got mine and Carson's taters, so the Lord's willing we can get them out this week. And we're not hoping and we're not praying for crop failure, we're praying for a harvest. Seeds cost a lot, grass seed costs a lot. Seed taters cost a lot. It's not as much if you can raise it yourself as if uh, if you have a good crop that year than what you would, would, would have paid for that, that kind of a return. But it costs money, and you know what? Sometimes we think and see that it might be a little bit of a gamble. Some people don't garden anymore simply because they got tired of fooling with it to have a year that wouldn't produce much. And so they quit. Right? Maybe you don't have that need. I don't know. I'm not. And I'm not. i am not am trying to knock you non-gardeners or gardeners in here. This is not what it's about. We're going to talk this morning about crop failure. Everybody, look at your neighbor and say crop failure. I want you to make sure you got this inside of you this morning. Crop failure. Does anybody in here want a crop to fail? Speaking from the church's point of view, we do not want the crop to fail. We want revival. And you want to know something else? We might have to do a little bit of work. We got revival coming up in four weeks. Mark it on your calendars. Five nights, I almost forgot the label of my thumb, five nights, and it's my prayer, Brother Murphy, that those five nights will only be the foundation of where we're headed. Does that mean we got to meet five nights the next week if God says so? I don't ask you, are you willing to do that? If you can, I mean, obviously there's times we can't but are you willing to do that? See, that's going to take some sacrifice and some effort. It's going to take some, okay, I can't do this because I need to go get filled. It's going to take a little bit. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13 this morning. Hey, give give Deanna a hand back there. She's been running, helping with the sound and the words this morning. (laughs) Amen. Brother George is... uh, Brother George is to, his family is gone to see his, his, his dad this weekend. So pray for them as they're traveling today. But that just goes to show God already knew what was coming. And, and she's been working back there with him. So she's getting trained up. You see, that's what we do. We train up. And, and she could say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want to be tied down with that. I don't want to have to sacrifice to do that. But thank God. She's done it. She's hiding behind the computer because I've just shined a spotlight on her. I still love you, baby girl. So give her, pray for her, pray for her, and thank God for her. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. I'm going to read down through about verse 12, and we're going to commence. <clears throat> on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes gathered together gathered together to him so that they got into a boat, that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Now, remember we had the, the Sermon on the Mount. This ain't it. This is another sermon. This is down by the sea, down by the ocean. And then he spake many things to them in parables, parables. Remember that word, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed, and some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And some fell by the st- on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had not no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty he who has has ears to hear, let him hear did y'all hear that? did y'all read that this morning? did you read it in your Bible? so we've done everything we can so that the word comes out let me ask you something this morning is this word powerful or is it not? I could say nothing else this morning and we just had power spoken in God's house We've just had power spoken into our lives just now. Does that make sense? The Word of God is powerful. Most of you, probably all of you are sitting here saved this morning because of the Word of God. Most of you have gone through some kind of difficulty all because of the Word of God. Amen? Maybe you've been able to minister to somebody all because of the Word of God. Because you and I can't do anything for people. I mean, we can take them to the store. We can can go cut their grass. We can do these things. But when it comes to life-changing things, only the Word of God can do that. But we find out that sometimes it don't take. Let's go ahead and read verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Now, folks, that gives you an idea that there's some doing in following Jesus. We are not saved by our works, but we got some doing to do. And this tells us about that. You know, why did Jesus speak in parables? It's pretty simple, what he just said. To reveal and to conceal. You understand what those words mean? To reveal something to you and also to keep something from. And that's why he spoke in these parables. You remember up until this point, he'd been speaking openly. But they had so rejected and so tried to trap him and done everything with the word of God uh, other than accepting it and seeing him as the son of God. That at that point, he said, you know what? I'm going to speak in parables. And the spirit-filled people, the people that want to know, will know. And if you know, then you're going to know more. If you don't want to know, it will be concealed. And even what you have will now be taken away. That, to me, is a scary thought that what is revealed to us can be taken away. See, Jesus said... If you have a certain thing and you're, and, and, and you're hanging on to me, I'm going to give you some more. That's what he's basically saying. So as we get into the word of God, and the more we seek God, the more we let this word come in, if we're faithful with it, then he's going to give us more. If we're not faithful with it, even what we have will be taken away. That means that one thing that we believe today, if you're sitting here today and you're maybe on the fence and you've been serving God for a bit, and you've had the Word of God come in, that it can happen. It's possible. That's what he's saying here, that even what you now believe and hold on to, the truth that you now believe and hold on to, if we don't take all of his truth, then even what you think you know or what you do know will be taken away. You say, well, I don't understand how that can happen. Have you ever changed your opinion or mind on something? Let me see your hands if you have. I change my mind like Pete changes her socks. But he spoke in these parables and he was willing to teach these men more simply because they were teachable. I got a question for you this morning. Are you teachable? If you're teachable, the sky's the limit for what God's going to pour into you. But if you're not teachable, you actually stand a chance of losing out on what you already know. You will be disillusioned. You won't be able to see things if you're teachable. I mean, he picked these fellas. And and I don't want to be losing what I've already had. He spoke in parables because there were certain people... that didn't want to understand, and he didn't want them to understand. Now, you say, I don't understand that. This is a loving God, and he doesn't want them to understand? I don't understand that, but I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's what he just said here. You see, in chapter 12, Jesus warned about the blaspheming of the Holy Ghost. The unpardonable sin. When we don't let the Holy Ghost come in and teach us, when we don't let him come in and grow us, when we don't let him come in and do a little trimming here and some adding there for the things that we need, then we have quenched the Spirit of God. What good is it for us to have a good time shouting to the Lord this morning, but yet we don't want his truth coming into our lives? We'll have a good time, but then we don't have what we need. And he says, by the way, I'm going to take away what you had. You see, we got to be hungry for God. We got we to be able to take in what he's wanting to give to us. And it takes some work on our part to be able to face ourselves. You see, God is the only one that can do the teaching. I can stand up here and preach this morning. And preach the word. But only the Holy Ghost is gonna be the one that's gonna implant it inside of our hearts, and only the Holy Ghost is gonna be the one that's gonna water it to where we will bear fruit. So we have to have Him to come in and to work inside of us. You see, these people didn't want what Jesus had because of their own arrogance and their spitefulness. Uh, we're living in a time today that we're seeing that. We even see in organizations called churches and they don't want to receive the word of truth. They don't want what God has. And they are spiteful and they are arrogant and they have all this going on in their lives and God says, you know what? I'm a, this is going to, there's a hardness in your heart when you don't want to receive what God has. And we need to get to the place that we will receive what he has for us. See, these people said that Jesus cast out devils by who? By Beelzebub. They didn't even want to recognize and say this is the Son of God. This is the power of God that's moving. It's by Beelzebub that this power happens. And and, and you see, they had this truth, but they wouldn't obey this truth. You see, it's like, i just say it but as simple as I can. When you get given the truth, you either use it or you'll lose it. Does that make sense? That's what he's teaching us here. Uh, look at Second Th- uh, Thessalonians 2 and verse 9. It says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteousness, right, righteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. You see, he's going to come, and it's happening. The spirit of Antichrist has here been going on since John was walking and writing in the Bible. The spirit of Antichrist has been going on, and what he's saying here is that, that the, the devil will have... Uh, This persuasion in us to be able to tell us that up is down and right is wrong and black is white. Don't we see that in the world today? Have you tried talking to somebody who doesn't believe in the word of God? It's like talking to that wall. You'd do better off talking to that wall. Because they won't receive. Y'all, excuse me, the frog got in me. <clears throat> but that's the kind of power that the devil will have. And see, there are some people who have love of the truth, and there's some people who don't have it. I, I'm going to ask you this question. You answer it for yourself Is there something in the Bible that God has revealed to you, say, in the last six months, maybe the last six years? And you just haven't been able to submit to him. You answer that among yourselves. You know Holy Ghost knows because that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. And that's the place that where you love the truth or you don't love the truth. Not the parts of it, but the whole of it. We don't get pieces of Jesus, we get the whole Jesus. It was the whole Jesus that went to the cross. It took the whole blood of Jesus, all that whole pure kingdom blood to flow out on that cross and on that ground, all of it. He was drained of all of that blood. It wasn't just a little piece here and a little piece there. It was all of Jesus. He gave his all for you and me. We prayed for healing this morning in bodies and that's what he did on the cross. By his stripes you were healed, were healed, you were healed, you were healed 2,000 years ago. That's that's what, what we, and it was all of Jesus. He didn't do just a part of it, he did all of it. And we can't take ourselves to this where we're gonna love some truth but not all of it because we get ourselves in trouble. And that's who the lawless one, Satan. He can work these kinds of miracles that if we don't have this truth, we'll be fooled. The Bible even says that in the last days, that if they weren't shortened, the very elect would be fooled. So we can't stand up here and we can't walk around with our heads and noses held up in the air thinking we done figured it all out. Because we have it. He said, if I don't shorten the days, everybody's going to be fooled. And the devil's going to have that kind of ability. And for this reason, look in verse 11, 2 Thessalonians two eleven. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Who is sending the strong delusion? God is. I don't get that. I don't understand why he could do that. But he's doing it so that they would believe the lie. I don't understand how God, who is love, would want anybody to believe a lie. It says that they might be damned. Now, why would God do that? Look in verse 12. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but who had pleasure in unrighteousness we're living in a world today that's got a whole lot of unrighteousness in it we're living in a world today where believers are are playing in the world that's called unrighteousness and when we do that what we've done is we've taken ourselves to a place that we will believe the lie and God's the one that's bringing it on Yes, he is love. He died for every man, boy, girl, every child, everyone, every single human being that's ever been born in this world. Jesus Christ went to the cross for them. The ones that's getting born right now in the hospitals, Jesus Christ went to the cross for them. They may not have a mommy and daddy that's going to tell them who Jesus is, that may not be living that life, but he went to the cross for them, and if mom and daddy ain't going to do it, we got to do it. That's our job. That's our responsibility. Because if we don't believe in this truth I'm talking about this morning, then God will turn us over to delusion is what it says here. That they all might be damned. You know, you've got to ask the question, why wouldn't they believe the truth? It's not because of intellectual issues. You know, you can't put intellect on this word right now. I don't care if you're in second grade or school or if you've been to college for 50 years and got all kinds of PhDs hanging on the wall. Intellect ain't got nothing to do with it. This word's simple. It's straightforward. But by the way, you ain't going to read it and understand it. It's not going to come in and do anything in our lives unless the Holy Spirit's doing it. Did you know that? I'm preaching this morning I've preached and people's gotten saved and on the same Sunday morning somebody's gotten saved or somebody's gotten sanctified somebody else has gotten mad all because of rejection of the truth amen you either going to let the Holy Ghost work or you ain't going to let the Holy Ghost work you want to see the Holy Ghost moving in the church huh? do you want to see him moving in our church this morning do you want to see him moving next week do you want to see him keep on working then why don't we let him Why don't we let him? Why don't we invite him in? Why don't we ask him to come in and minister to us? That's what it takes. we got to have that want to sitting inside of us. we got to have the want to that God will come in. Otherwise, he says, if you don't want this truth, I will turn you over to a debased mind. I will put this delusion in here, and you will believe a lie. That's God doing that. We can't sit and blame the devil for all this stuff. This is God talking here. Mm. And the reason they wouldn't believe this truth is because they didn't have a love for the truth. Do you got a love for the truth this morning? You're either going to have a love for truth or you're going to have a love for unrighteousness. Not both. Not both see, we talk about things like error. Well, I messed up. Anybody here ever messed up? Okay, we got a bunch of hands on that When well, I'm going to ask you another question. Anybody in here done messed up and it really wasn't a mess up because you actually knew better? Come on, let we're in church. Let's be honest. That's the only way the Holy Ghost will work. We actually denied the Word of God and said, no, I don't like that part. We'll go trying to find somebody to prop us up on some other kind of truth, but that's not what it is. We've got to take what the word says. And the opposite of truth is sin, folks. It's not error. See, uh, error happens in baseball. When, when a guy goes down, a shortstop goes down for a ground ball, and, and he just ain't paying attention, he raises up ready to throw the first before the ball gets there. He made an error. He thought he was heading in the right direction, but when he thinks about it, when the coach talks to him, he's going to realize I actually did wrong here, and now he'll know the next time. Keep your back bent, feel the ball go into the glove, and then you're ready to throw because you ain't going to get the guy out otherwise, right? I know I'm talking baseball terms. Anybody know like baseball? I like baseball. Yankees. <laughs> Well, next week, we're going to talk about division in the church, and we need to get that in. I know Miss Marion, she likes them Yankees. Don't call her when the Yankees are on. she will like to say anything to you because she ain't listening. You still love me? I love you, too. You see, whenever we want to believe the lie, what this is saying is God's basically going to give us the shove. Now, does that match up with your theology or not? Because if it don't, you've just been given truth because I just read it here. God will send them strong delusion. God's given us the shove. You see, God saying you can't have uh, sin over in this hand and, and, and have my righteousness over in this hand. You can't have the truth and sin. You can't carry both of them because I'm going to tell you, friends, if you want to hang on to the world, you want to hang on to the sin, I'm going to tell you right now, sin will win every time. Come to church all you want. Be able to quote scriptures in four languages. I don't care. If you want to hang on to the world, it will win every time over God's truth because it comes down to what we want. Now, that's good preaching right there. That's truth that comes in. That came from the Holy Spirit. Give him some praise right now because he's shedding light this morning. He's shedding light. He's been shedding light inside of me. Uh, Praise God. I love it that he's shedding this light. You see, we go down this road of life with choices, and we choose what we're going to do. Amen? If we don't know the word, then it's a different story, but God will show us. You see, if you come to church at Easter and Christmas, you ain't getting a whole lot of the good word. You got to be here every week if you can. You got to be tuning in. You got to be staying in the Word. You got to be getting fed because God's going to show us stuff. You don't just show up every now and again and say, well, I didn't care for the preaching over there. I heard that last year. Well, it was Easter. We preach an Easter message every Easter. It's going to be about the same. Amen. Come another time. Well, maybe we just won't do an Easter message for Easter. We got revival the whole week before we can talk about Easter then. Everybody show up for Easter and we'll give a good salvation message. Hey, I believe we just we just we just walked into something. What I'm trying to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, you gotta be careful what you hear. If what you hear don't add up to the word of God, be careful. You gotta let the word come in, and the word's what's gonna do. Now, I, I kind of got we're on crop failure this morning. Mm. You know it's weird when you all looking at me drinking. I feel weird. <laughs> Look away. <clears throat> I used to know a fellow, and his name was Ken Lester, who didn't, couldn't stand to go to restaurants and eat. And it wasn't my dad. It was me. Because I felt like everybody was watching me eat. I mean, when I eat, it's not pretty. We go, we go to town. And I know it ain't proper. <laughs> yeah, we go to, we made business, Jeff. Are you going to eat that? I know it's the last spoonful, but if you ain't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. But I don't know why I went there. But the seed is the word of God. That's what he's talking about in this parable. The seed is the word of God. And the sower went forth to sow. He's like the preacher who is preaching the message. You got that? He's like the Sunday school teacher that's teaching the lesson. The Wednesday night teacher. By the way, folks, we do have Sunday school at 945. Did I say that right? Every Sunday morning. We have Sunday night service that we do prayer at 6 o'clock on Sundays. And Wednesday nights we have Bible study. All kinds of opportunity to let the Word come in. That's up to you if you can and if you're able. We do have church during those times. I can't plug in any better than that. Would you please come? We're going to give $150 to the first 10 people that come in next Wednesday night. No, I'm serious. What I'm talking about is serious stuff here. We're not actually not going to do that. (laughs) But I'm serious to the mindset. I'm serious to the mindset of the world. I'm serious to the mindset of many places that are churches. I guess they're trying to do. I can't judge. That's God's place. But they'll do anything and everything to get people through the door. Why is it we don't get excited about the Word of God? Why is it that we don't get excited about good preaching? Maybe it is a little tight sometimes, but why is it we don't get excited about praising God? We have to have something else, and that is the world part. Jesus preached. He didn't have electric guitars or drums, and by the way, he didn't have acoustic guitars neither. Jesus preached the Word of God. He didn't have a Bible that he carried, but he preached the Word of God. He is the Word. And that Word is powerful. Don't ever forget how powerful that word is. Mm. So he's the sower and we sow and and The seed is the life. And can I tell you something? Can I get a witness in the house? That seed will transform your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? It will transform your life. You will be different than you were before the Word started coming in. The Word's going to do something. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. That's what the Word is. So that's what he's talking about. He's sowing seed. He's sowing the Word. And the sower is Jesus here. And where is he sowing at? He's sowing everywhere. We read the scriptures. He's sowing in the thorns. He's sowing by the wayside. He's sowing in stony ground. He's sowing in good ground. He he said, My Father has sent me, and I'm sending you. Every one of you out here today, He's sending you. You may not be called to preach and pastor, but you're called to be a sower. Now, it'd be a sad day we put out a ton of lime over on a field yesterday, and we ain't got no equipment, so we had to do it the old-fashioned way. <clears throat> Thanks to Megan and Ryan, or I'd still be down there. Y'all be not having church today. But it was work. We sowed seed. It's work. It's effort. It gets boring on a big old tract of land with a cedar spreading seed about five or six feet swath and you turn around and you go back this way and you keep going your mind starts to wander and you're like that sure ain't going down very fast I'm gonna be forever getting this done And when you get to the end, you turn around again and you say, did I already walk on this? Which spot am I on here? I don't want to get it right. I don't want to have a striped field. huh? It's effort. It's concentration. you got to stay focused. And that's what he's talking about here. We have to stay in the Word of God. We've got to sow the seed that will transform lives. And we sow it everywhere. You see, sometimes we think that when someone is, is icy or they seem to be hateful, maybe we've even talked to them about Jesus before, sometimes we think, I ain't wasting my time. Can I tell you something, folks? That's not what Jesus did. He sowed the seed everywhere. And by the way, we can't tell about the soil, can we? We can look at it. If it looks rich, that's one thing. But if you ain't doing what needs to be, you don't know what kind of dirt it is. And when we look around, look around you here. Y'all all look the same to me this morning. You're wearing different clothes. Most of you are wearing green. Why's that? Everybody's... What? What? Yeah, Francis pinched me about 20 times this morning in Sunday school. <laughs> now, nah, I take that back, but the thing is, my point I'm trying to make here is, is sweetie, I have no idea what your soil's like. Brother Murphy, you have no idea what her soil is like, now do you? Look at your neighbor. You don't know what kind of soil they are. I'm preaching the word this morning. I realize some of it is fallen on the pathway. That's what he said. Some of it fell on the pathway and what happened? The birds come and eat it. The birds is the devil. Me and Carson garden together. You can tell by July where we walk and where we don't walk. Because where we walk, it's beaten down, it's hard. Even if it rains, then it's just muddy and hard. But you know where the pathway is. And if the seed falls on that ground, That's the heart that is hard. That's the heart that says, I will not receive the word of God. I don't think that's right. Remember what I've told you before? I think, I feel, I believe. Do they match up with the word of God? Because if we use that as as our guidepost, then that would be a hard heart because then we would say, I'm not receiving that. So you come in, you hear a good message. Maybe we resurrect Billy Graham. He comes and preaches revival for us. I don't know. But you know what? He's going to sow the same seed the next guy is. Huh? Uh, Am I talking truth or not? If he's preaching from the Bible, he's going to preach the same thing. It's the same seed. It's the seed that transforms life. And if it lands on hard ground, hard ground that will not yield, it will not receive the seed, Satan will come and rob it. And that's God, what he said in 2 Thessalonians, that he will turn us over to delusion that we will believe a lie. What's the next kind of ground he's talking about? Somebody help me here. Stony ground. Well, the stony ground, we, we would think, well, that's the hard heart. But y'all read, because I've got to kill some time. I mean, i got to make up some time here. But on that, I'm going to add, lib He's saying that because it didn't have much soil, it, it, it sprung up. But then whenever trouble came, when trials and tribulations came, it didn't last. Because it didn't have any roots. Now, now, now. If, 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 if you come and, I, and I, I've got some ground here and you see the dirt and you don't have any clue whether there's an inch of dirt on there a half inch of dirt or five feet of dirt unless you dig down see that's what he's done he picked his disciples not because they were good looking not because they had plenty of money not because they had education no he picked them because they were willing to do something with the truth he knew who they were by the way He knows every heart in here this morning. He knows what you're willing to receive and not receive. I don't. Brother Murphy don't. Brother Clements don't. Brother whoever you want to bring up don't. Mr. Super Preacher. he don't understand. He don't know what the soil is. He don't know if it's on good ground or not. He might make an invitation, and we've done that. And somebody comes up, and they give their heart to Jesus. And the first time that trouble comes, because they had no roots, they quit. They, or they, might even, they might even say, Well, I want to serve. Can I serve somewhere? Yeah. By the way, here's a plug. Jeff, I mean, whew, not you, Jeff. I seen you in a corner of my eye and your name come out. Brother Steve and Brother Dave are primarily doing our ushering job. Brother Dave's sick this morning. So Mrs. Steve, Sister Sharon, she had to pick up the slack this morning. You want to serve, give these guys a break and be an usher. Hand out the bulletins, help people, give out the the cars. be a greeter. Let them know how much you love them. There's nothing hard about that. You see, those are the people that talk about what they would like to do. Those are the people that talk about what they'd like to see, but then they quit. Some of you in here this morning have the ability to be a very good Bible teacher and that's what God's given you. We need Sunday school teachers. We need somebody to teach you on Wednesday nights. But see, when it comes down to giving the sacrifice, see, they, they have a lot of sentiment. Oh, they'll bawl when the right music plays. They'll come up, oh, it was just a blessed message. They have the sentiment, but when it comes to the sacrifice, it ain't there. That's, that's where the heat comes. Does that make sense? And that's the stony ground. It's got a little bit of dirt on it. It looks right. I look at y'all, y'all look like good Christian people to me. Some of you dressed to the nines, some of you ain't, but it doesn't matter because Jesus is looking right here at the heart. He can care what kind of britches you got on, whether you got a tie like this or a tie like this. It doesn't matter. Thank you. You picked on me for a lot of years, so. I'm afraid you might die soon i got to catch up that's right you'll be preaching one night of the revival won't you so the next soil that he comes up to is thorny ground and the thorny ground what is that that's like the weeds that's the stuff that soaks it up and you see what Jesus does is he sows it everywhere You're not going to say, I didn't know. You're not going to say, I never heard the gospel. You're not going to be able to stand. You see, no man can separate you from the love of God. Now, you're not going to stand before the Lord someday and, and blame Ken Jones because you just decided you weren't going to serve no more. Or I'm going to walk away from God. Or I didn't know any better. I don't like Ken Jones. I don't like the way he carries himself. Whatever the case may be. No man will separate you from the love of God. But friend, let me tell you this morning, you can. You'll not blame the other guy because of what you didn't get. You won't blame circumstances for what you didn't let God put inside of you. And that is what we're talking about, the thorny, the thorny soul. The word went in, it took some root, it started growing up and as it's growing The world came in and started choking it out. You see, I done told you. You you can't keep one foot over in the world and one over here. I don't know about you. I can't do a split very long, but they are never coming together. They will never come together. And the world will always win you got to want the Word of God. But praise God, He gives us another soil. And that other soil is the good soil. It's the soil that's been tilled up. It's been plowed. It's been fertilized. It's ready to receive this seed. And it's going to grow. What happens whenever you start growing a garden? Long about May or June, Mr. Weed shows up. And they can grow like ten times faster than any other plant. And they can rob ten times more nutrients from that plant. And therefore, it takes away from the fruit. You see, it takes some effort. It takes sitting in church. It takes staying in the Word of God. It takes prayer. It takes all of these things that God has given us so that the Word can come in and we can keep the garden weeded and so that we can now go out and we don't care. You see, it's not my responsibility that you get saved. It's my responsibility to sow the seed. It's not my responsibility that you grow. It's my responsibility to teach. That's a good place for an amen, folks, because that's the crux of it. If you put it all on the preacher's back, I done told you, you're not going to blame Ken for what you didn't know or what you chose not to receive. My job's to sow. And if I get lost, it doesn't matter. He's got all kinds of seed. He's got a big truck. (laughs) Unlimited. You just keep cranking that arm. And by the way, he'll give you the strength. He'll give you the strength to get it done. You just keep cranking that arm. Oh, I done walked over here. Well, I'll walk over it again. We're going to sow some more seed. Oh, let's come over here. There ain't nothing over here. Nobody wants to come over here. This is the corner. But Jesus says, I'm putting the seeds everywhere. I'm putting it everywhere. I want, I want some growth. I want them to be saved. And the choice belongs to you and me. We decide whether or not we want this truth. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, what kind of soil are you? We're getting ready to have revival. We're going to spend time at church, 7 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Yeah, I know it's before Easter. whoop de do We're not going to have church Sunday night on Easter, so you don't have to come back. But we want revival. If you want revival, friend, I'm going to tell you now, you're going to make every effort you can to either get here or get the word some way, somehow, you're gonna be wanting it. See, if we don't want revival, God don't show up. Well, I wonder why the Holy Ghost ain't moving. Well, look in the mirror and ask that question. Talk to that guy. That's why. Amen. Come on, folks. I know it's not popular. Because that means we've got to bear the brunt of it. We've got to carry our own weight. I'm responsible for me. You're responsible for you. Amen. We want God to move. Do we want revival this church? Do we want revival? I want to hear you. Do you want revival in the church? (laughs) Okay. We're going to have it. If 10 of you said we want revival, we're going to have revival. The other 50, if you don't want it, that's okay. Ain't nobody going to twist you arm. Ain't nobody going to beat you up. Uh, but it, but I can tell you now, if you start walking away from God, the devil's gonna start moving in. If that seed can't come in, if we are hungry for the power of God to move inside of our church, then we have got to get busy. busy praying. Be busy staying in His Word. Busy with letting our hearts be changed to saying "I want more of God. I want more of what He has." Shallow ground. We don't want to be shallow ground. Superficial Christians. That's what they are. That's the shallow ground. Do You know what being a Christian is? It's somebody who's let go of the world with both hands and taken a hold of Jesus with both hands. They ain't no both of it. Luke 13 and 3 says, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish do we have repentance to do the Bible says that if we will confess our sins he is just and faithful to forgive them if you don't know the word if you happen to not agree with that piece of word then you'll not be repentant and we will be held accountable for that friends every day we need to be talking to the Lord and repenting turning away not just saying I confess it turning away if you're having a struggle, struggle turning away, you keep talking to the Lord. You keep hanging on to Him. You can start talking to some prayer warriors here in this church, because some things are strongholds. And it only comes out by prayer and fasting. And it takes repentance. You see, the reason some pastors, some churches have crop failure, it got nothing to do with the sower. It's got to do with the soil. has everything to do with the soil that's you and me are we the good soil or not so what kind of ground are you you say well I'm not good ground does that mean I'm forever not good ground come on up no it doesn't mean that you're not forever not good ground if that was the case none of us would be saved am I right I was awful ground. I've shared a lot of my testimony. I was awful ground, awful ground. Jesus said, I see something here and I'm going to do something here. And he's still doing. So you don't always have to be this bad ground. You can make the choice to say, no, I choose today to be good ground. So this is a message that if you need to know who Jesus is, this is a salvation message. If you're someone who has been following Jesus for 75 years, and yet this is a message for you, each and every one of us. We want revival, then we've got to be calling up on God. We've got to let this word come into us. You see, I'm not responsible whether you receive it or not. That's not my problem. My problem is if I don't give what God gave. The problem whether you receive it is on you. Amen.